Welcome to track number 18 of Finish What You Started. I gave you one example of someone who did not finish. Is that not so? Who is that? Who? Judas. Second example of somebody who did not finish. Lucifer. Now, Judas, okay, it's also an example of, yeah, okay, Judas is the second example of somebody who did not finish. Judas. Third example of somebody who did not finish. Lucifer. Now, this one is, you must listen to this one carefully. Ezekiel chapter 28. From the start you held a place in my heart A place that no one else could feel But sin kept your spirit from working in me I couldn't look at life honestly Ezekiel 28 that my will gave away To the truth that I found Press and totally free. Now I'm forgiven. Now I have a reason for living. Jesus keeps giving and giving, giving till my heart overflows. I'm forgiven. Are you forgiven?
Verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Are you with me? Verse 13. Every precious stone was thy covering. Now he's talking about Lucifer. You are in Eden. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. Hey, as soon as you are a little blessed, be careful of being proud. What do you think? How many of you have your cars parked outside there? Raise up your hand quickly, quickly. There is no shame. There is no shame. You may scream. Now that you have a car, be humble. You are covered with the topaz and the carbuncles, and the diamonds. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee the day that thou was created. God created pipes in him. So that there will be music. So it was inbuilt music. What do you think? You see, the workmanship of thy pipes was created in there. Wow. How many realize that you are not very musical? Raise your hand. How many realize that sometimes when some people sing, you realize that it looks easy for them, isn't it? But it's not that easy for you. Because there's no workmanship of pipes and tabrets in you. Is that not so? So you are forgiven. For singing out of tune, you are forgiven. (laughs) Uh So, don't worry. He was a worship leader. Now, verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Wow. He was called to cover. And I have said this so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God, and thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Experiences. When you have certain experiences, you can change. And become some way. And then. You promise to do good. Do well when you get there. But when you get there. They don't, you don't perform. Alright. That was perfect in thy ways. From the day that that was created. You were good at the beginning. Till iniquity was found in thee. Zimbo. Make sure nothing gets into your heart. One of my pastors, a prophet, he said to me one day, he had a vision in the night. He saw himself sleeping in the bed and the window opened and Satan came into the room through the window and came to him. He was lying down, opened his heart and put something in his heart, closed the heart and ran out through the window. 
And then he got up and he said, Ha! Ah, it's like Satan has come to plant something in his heart. That's what the Bible says, till iniquity was found in thee. Until the thing enters your heart, it has not entered you. Yeah. If it's not in your heart, it's not in you. You see, until the ministry is in your heart, it's not in you. Until sin is in your heart, it's not in you. Until you have done certain things from your heart, you've not done it. But the day that it enters your heart, that's when you start to do it. Ain't it? Ain't it? By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. And thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Anytime you are beautiful, you are in danger of becoming Lucifer. So if you have a daughter and she's not so beautiful, thank God. In fact, pray for your daughter not to be too beautiful. It's not a good thing to have a very beautiful daughter. And if you are in this world and you are not so beautiful, thank God. Because the very beautiful girls, you see, she who strikes you has been struck. You, you, you are walking around and you see a, a lady who strikes you. She strikes you. Usually she has been struck already. Several times. Because just as she struck you, she struck others who struck her back. Some of you ladies are trying to make yourself more beautiful than you are. You are okay. It's good. It's good that you are not as beautiful as you may imagine. When you look at your face, you feel that your face is a bit long or it's a bit broad. Or this part is a bit big or this part is a bit smaller. Or this part is a bit rounded. Or this place is a bit hard. Or whatever. It's good. She who strikes you has been struck. So if you are not striking, thank God. It, has, it is your protection. And those of you who have children, especially if you have a daughter, pray that she may not be too beautiful. Zimbo. You don't understand my message, you see. You don't like what I'm saying, you see. Or... There is no shame in this. Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty, and thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Your wisdom is now corrupted. A slanted way of thinking. Thy wisdom is corrupted by reason of thy brightness. Because you are so you are so excellent and so outstanding your way of thinking is a little twisted if you take Europeans today their way of thinking is corrupted they think there is no God by reason of their brightness 
Because they are shining as the richest part of the world, the nicest part of the world, the safest part of the world. And because of that, their wisdom is now wisdom, but corrupted wisdom is demonic. Most white people have demonic wisdom. Anti-God. If you are anti-God and anti-your creator, you are demonized. And even the little children have the evil spirits in them. Recently, I buried one of our pastors in Europe. And he has half-caste children just like me. And I look at them. They stood there. And they look at the stony, cold face of their father. As the two of them stood there, not believing in God. Not believing in the God whom their father served. In Europe. Because they grew up in Europe. When I was a little child and I was six years old, my, my mother took me to Switzerland. And when we were coming back home to Ghana, I cried and cried and cried. I said I wanted to go back to Switzerland. I wanted to stay in Switzerland. I wanted to grow up in Switzerland. Because it was so nice to me as a child. But if I had grown up there, I would have received of this type of wisdom that is corrupted because of the brightness of the place. But because of the darkness in Africa, the difficulties here, the wisdom was not corrupted. But the wisdom was not there before it would even be corrupted. <laughs> Mercy! How many understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. So those of you who wanted to be abroad, thank God, they didn't allow you. You never know that it's true. Until it has happened to you. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries. By the multitude of thine iniquities. By the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore I will bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. And it shall devour thee. Satan destroys Satan. He says I will bring a fire from within. What will destroy you is what comes from yourself. Your way of speaking. And your demonic mind. Your anti-God, anti-Christ ways, your rebellion against God is what will lead you to your destruction. If you take Europe, for example, the seat of Satan, you see that their mind that do everybody do what he wants. There is no God. Feel free. is gradually turning them into an abnormal group of people. Openly homosexual about everything. You understand? Totally depraved. Having sex is like shaking hands or waving. You might as well have sex when you wave your hand. If you can count the number of times you've waved your hand, you can count the number of times you have had sex. And if you can count the number of people you've waved hands to, you can count the number of people you've had sex with. That's Europe today. And they are, the twisted fire that is coming from within is what is going to burn them. Do you get it? The nuclear weapons they have built will be used to burn they themselves. 
That's what the Bible says. He loved cursing and therefore it came to him. What comes from within you is what will burn you. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. And all them that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee and thou shalt be a terror. And thou shalt never be any more. Amen. Isaiah chapter 14. How art thou fallen? Verse 12. Oh, from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground, thou which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. Lucifer wants to be promoted too fast. I, 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 I. I belongs to God. We belongs to men. That's what a Jew told me. I, you don't use I. I will go. I will do. I will this. A Jewish man, he said to me, you say we. He said, I belongs to God. We is for human beings. So don't say I will do. I will come. Amen. So he said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also on the tra- in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the clouds the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell. To the sides of the pit. Neither see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying. Is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? That made the world as a wilderness and destroy the cities thereof? That opened not the house of his prisoners? Amen. Every good nation must open the house of your prisoners to release them from time to time. Satan's characteristic is that he will never open the house of the prisoners. <laughs> hey, Charlie. Satan is very bad. Though. Now, are you there? We must not become the Lucifer of Lighthouse. Write it down. Who will be the Lucifer of Lighthouse? Are you the Lucifer of Lighthouse, Chapel? Say and write, not me. Minus me. Amen. When the people look at you, I want them to see Jesus. But unfortunately, some people, when they look at you, are going to see Satan. Mercy. But in Jesus' name, it will not be you. I said, in Jesus' name, it will not be you. In Jesus' name, it will not be you. If we are faithful, eh, in some years to come, we will be having another camp. Just as you see a lot of South Africans here today, we will see a lot of Ethiopians. Ethiopia is like another continent in Africa because it's a different language from all the languages in Africa. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of South Africans are going to be involved in that. How many are going to be involved in that? Raise your hand confidently. In Jesus' name. Huh? How many would like to have a camp like this? Only Ethiopians. Hey, Ethiopian shepherds. 
Everything I say, they say it in Amharic. Is it possible? It's possible. If we are faithful. And we don't allow a fire to come from within us. To destroy us, ourselves. If we are faithful. If we take our offerings here. We will take offerings right here and pay for Ethiopia to come on board. When they are on board there. We will be glad and they will also rise up. And you see that they are saving the Arab world. And maybe the Islamic thing will change. And then there will be doors suddenly. Morocco, Saudi Arabia, this. It can change in one day. Just like how communism went. Islam can go suddenly. And there will be a sudden period that anybody who believes in Christ can go and preach. As of now, it's more difficult to enter an Islamic country than a communist country. Because communism said there is no God for 70 years. And God said in one day, there is no communism. And then it was over. (laughs) Similarly, God can say there is nothing like Islam. And it will just vanish. (laughs) And Christianity will have a free flow. Are you ready to be part of this great battle? The reason why I'm talking about Lucifer is that it is Lucifer in our midst who can cause confusion so that instead of thinking about Ethiopia and thinking about other places where we need to give ourselves to so that we can stand with joy that as I'm, I'll be preaching one day everybody in the, Ethiopians are like my color. All you even think I'm an Ethiopian at an Ethiopian camp. It's possible that their branches will be coming with buses from the towns in Ethiopia. Wow. Is it powerful that Christ who died for us also died for them? And that God is making a way for us to enter and to do something. And that you, somebody like you, and somebody like me should be used to do something over there. Isn't that a powerful thing? Yeah. It's a blessing. That's why I'm here. You know, I'm here because of all these things that God wants to do. God is telling us that, look, you have not even done 10% of your work. So, that thing that Pastor Soya said, seven, is the prophetic number of what we have done. Seven out of hundred. That's where we are. We are at seven over hundred in terms of where we are getting to. But we can quickly get to 40 if we do one or two things. What do you think? Is there any shame if we want to go to Ethiopia? There's no shame at all. I can scream. There's no shame at all. Pastor Klufi, when you go and you are walking in Addis Ababa, there's no shame at all. You have to feel ashamed. You have some few Ethiopians you are talking. There is no shame. This is the beginning of the greatness of God's blessing. The greatness of His blessing and His favor, His allowance of His life and of His blessing. This is it. God's favor. When we get up and we say, we are going, we don't know who they are. Why? We know that there are people there. We know that Jesus Christ died for them. And we are going there. 
We are going. Heaven knows where we are going. We know we will. We will get there. Heaven. We are going. We will get there. And even when we get there, it will not be over. We will go again from there. Somewhere else. Are you listening to me? More troops are coming into South Africa. And some of you are troops. And some of you, I'm going to send you away from South Africa. Because some of you are going to you do well out of your country. Where you, are, where you are a visitor. So that you have the visitor's aura. Shamakayada Amazola Mandaraba. And when they see you, say, who are you? You mention your name. With a visitor's aura. So I have come in the name of the Lord. I have come in the name of the Lord. And the people shall say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. I have noticed that the greatness of the power of God on my life is directly proportional to the distance from my house. The further I am away from the house, the more the power is. (laughs) Are you there? I see a brightness coming up upon your life. Somebody like you and somebody like me. God can use us. Hey, hey, fantastic. You see, even in the world, they will take a Ghanaian and make him the managing director in Zambia. And they will take a Zambian and make him the managing director in Ghana. And they will take a Nigerian and make him a managing director in Ghana. And they will take a Kenyan and make him a managing director in Singapore. There is a reason. So some of you are wondering why. That's why I have Zambians among my pastors at the Kodesh, Congolese. Even the Congolese amongst us was in great danger on Sunday. This last Sunday. We have one Congolese brother. He was in great danger because Ghana was playing against Congo for the finals. He was the odd one out. The only one who was supporting Congo when the rest of us are supporting Ghana. So he is lucky that even I didn't know that the match was coming on. But there was no shouting in the country so I could, they, we, because they scored us. You only know there's a match when they're shouting. You hear it. It's a goal. Huh? Here was quiet. Ghana, yeah, Ghana was quiet. You don't know that they scored us. No. We played Africa Cup. And we were second. There is no shame if you don't know. There's no shame. <laughs> yeah, and then the ladies. You are going to be very good in ministry too. Yeah. 
Because God is healing you of your desire for men. Mm. He's healing you of that thing. <laughs> He's giving you the mind and the heart of an elderly woman. Who is much experienced. Yes. They are not going to be so impressive to you anymore. Even when you are not married. You see, when that desire is in you, no matter how old you are, you always want to marry. Oh yeah. There is no lady who doesn't, unless you have been cured a bit of that thing. No matter the, what I do, altar call. Those who want to get married, you see the 64, 72. They are all coming forward. Hey! One day, a certain man, <laughs> his wife died. He was, he was about 70. And his wife died. Suddenly, aunties. Do you understand what I say? Aunties. Elderly woman with cloth. Very big. They were now scrambling for who shall be. Chosen among the elderly aunties with cloths and other big cloths that they wear. They've been walking around. They were now scrambling. At elderly women who were not married, they were now fighting over the 70-something-year-old brother whose wife had died. Hmm. Hey! But you see, some of you, you are only 20-something is something, but God is curing you of that thing which even a 68 year old woman is not yet cured of. The need for a man to lead you. But the Bible says that her desire shall be for him. Uh-huh. But you, 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 you can be cured of that thing. Just like a man that the Bible says you are cursed to sweat. For all your life. To eat bread. God can cure you of that thing. Where you will sweat. But not for bread. But for him. At first. The work of God was. Adam was just working for God. But when he fell. He started to work to eat. To survive. There's a difference between working. I'm also sweating. But not, not for bread. I don't even know how much bread costs. By the grace of God, I can buy enough bread to last for about a year. Somebody's about to give me a billion dollars here, right here. No, no, please send me. I need the billions. Send me billions, please. I'm, I'm explaining me that. I think I wanted even to tell you to bring some billions when you were coming. At least one or two billion. I'm going to make us one of the wonders in my office. When you come for homecoming, you see one billion dollars. Hey! African leadership. <laughs> Forgive! Ladies, 
When you are cured, uh-huh, you, you will be so powerful. Oh yeah. It will be so great. Your preaching will be better than some of the preaching of the brothers. It's not, it's not, about, it's not about girls versus boys. No. It's about realities of what God is doing. Because the Bible says that her, her, her heels shall bruise the serpent. In the last hour, women and children who are despised will be raised up and they will be used powerfully. So I'm expecting some lady bishops in our church. Hey, why not? Why not? Why not? They say no, we say why not? Express yourself. <laughs> you can't even do it here. Why not? These guys, they don't want to do the work. You call the ladies. That's, that's how come ladies started to work with me. But the brothers wouldn't want to do it. I, I used to say, if you listen to me, I don't believe in working with women. Yeah. As I knock at the big guys in my church. One time I asked one brother, will you come and work? He said, if there is something to do. I'll come. There is something to do. When there are 7 billion people in the world, you are asking me that if there is something to do, you can 7 billion in the world waiting to be saved. Huh? That's how, that is where ladies got their opportunity. When they saw, they said that the door was open, there was nobody. They started to come through like that, walking. I said, welcome. I would, I would never have chosen somebody like you. You may take your seat. <laughs> Another one will come and say, we have a lot of problems. Please have your seat. There is no shame. One, one day, I met a certain brother. <laughs> this brother could speak Spanish beautifully. And I worked with him and I flowed very well with him. Then one day I said to him, Brother, I want you to come. Come along so that we can work. I talked with him. I talked for a long time around. Inuendo's talking long. The final conclusion, he smiled at me and said, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And then the next the next year I met a lady who spoke Spanish. She said, I feel in my heart that I'm drawn to you, what God is doing is. I said, Really? I wouldn't have chosen somebody like you. But if you feel it in your heart, why not? There's no shame. So I said, come along. So she said, I'll come to see what it's like in Ghana. So she came. A year later, she came. No talking, just shooting. That was then that she packed her things and she came to Ghana. She has translated all my books into Spanish. Recently, they went to, uh, when I went to Panama, she came along. Everything, books, thousands and thousands of books she's selling. They sold. By the time I was leaving, they are sold almost 20,000 US dollars worth of my books. Through her work. She translated or printed it 
And she's strong. She's hard. So I look at her. You, I wouldn't have chosen you. When I look at you, I'll never choose you. And I put you through the this. I says measure this, 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 this. I look at you. You are disqualified. But God will say, hey, you better open the door, please. No man wants to help you here. And then the girls pass in. So they are the ones. So, so through her, 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 the heel, then I'm stamping. Right now they are inviting me to Colombia at all kinds of places because of this person. But I had a man. Every job that a lady does for me, I can show you a man who didn't do it first. Yeah. Every single job I can show you, first was this person. So I will not do it. Then this person came. So one day, a certain brother who I had invited to come and work, he, and he didn't come. He came to the office to come and visit me. When he came, there were some of these unwanted sisters who had come to work. Now they were the gatekeepers at the door. And when he saw one of them, he said, what are you doing? He said, she said, please wait. He said, what? Do you know who I am? You know when I joined the church? Will you clear out of here before I? He said, please, you have to wait here. You cannot just come. You used to be very important. You were invited. You didn't want to come. Now we, the unwanted ones, we are in charge now. Will you sit down there before I organize police to come and clear you from here? There is no shame in sitting down. Sit outside and then. <laughs> So ladies, me, this is how I've seen that God is bringing you. These brothers, too known, they are only playing basketball, having sex, going, following different things. Charlie, this is your chance. When you see that they are some way, so... Hey! Man! That's how you get, you get an opportunity. Because all the jobs are men's jobs. You get it? Yeah. They are all men's jobs. All the jobs that my ladies do, they are all men's jobs. Ah, they, 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 they don't want to do it. There is no shame. If those are the ones that the Lord has brought them, I shall flow with them fully. And those brothers who now come later to challenge them, I'll bring my AK-47... And I say, brother, there is no shame in sitting down. Will you sit down before something bad happens to you? You may scream, but you have to sit down. <laughs> so, brothers, you see, you are allowing girls to take your place. Oh. They are retiring you. You must not be retired. Don't allow girls to retire you. Huh? Don't allow girls to retire you from the ministry. They are so afraid, full of fear, searching for money, with a vision of whatever, what, 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 what. And you are not getting anything to. Ah. Release yourself. Come and do something for the Lord. A woman's job is not making meat pies. Meat pies and sausage rolls. Who told you that that is your job in the church? Making sausage rolls, meat pies and tea. And sweeping the office. Yeah. 
Now, there is more to your life. Can I have an amen? So that was a, a very important word for the ladies. Now, Lucifer is a worship leader who didn't finish his ministry. Amen. Now, let us notice a few Luciferic points in Ezekiel. Thou sealest up the sun, verse 12, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Amen. Once you are nice, you got to be careful. Amen. And when you have had various experiences, you got to be careful. Amen. But before I get into Lucifer, I want to, well, I can still use Lucifer as a good example of that. Is that Lucifer was given a job as an assistant. And I believe that we must be good assistants. Amen. So I want to share with you what is going to make you a good worship leader and a good assistant. Amen. Do you want to be that? Okay, 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 good. Number one. Mention your senior pastor often. Mention his name often. Why don't you just get your book and then you can you don't have to write notes? So I'm just reading from the book to you. Do you have your book? You want to buy one or after? You have it at home. But you should have two copies. One spare for when you lose the main one and then Bring your room service. Come and sell it to them. Some of them want to buy now. Room service. If you want one, raise your hand and then they'll bring it to you. So you don't have to write notes. Quickly, quickly, if you want one, raise your hand. I don't know how much it is. You want it free. Raise your hand if you want it. But when you collect, give you collect the money. Special arrangement for payments. This is not a mortgage, please. Ladies, I want you to be preachers, okay? What do you think? Is it a powerful thing? Will you do it? A lot of people don't respect you, but I respect you. And, and I know God likes you very much. Yeah. Because you are more loyal. Ladies are more loyal. More faithful. A man changes his job about four to six times in his life. 
Now the woman, when she gets one job, she will be at the job forever. Not even spiritual jobs. But in, in employment law, it has been shown that women will stay at the same job. If you get a job and the person treats them well, and not even the money, they just stay there. But a man is always looking for something. Changing jobs, changing jobs, changing jobs. Well, he's looking for something. He wants to get to the top quickly. Mercy. So even in the church, in the natural, they are more faithful. And in the church also, they are faithful. Sisters, are you glad that there's something good about you? Okay. Make mention of your senior pastor often and in a favorable light. Amen. Okay. How many have noticed that I keep mentioning the pastor's names? And I mention it in a good way. Isn't it? So gradually, it makes you have a good feeling about the pastors, the various pastors. How many understand what I'm talking about? Uh But you see, you can mention the pastor as a good example of a bad example. (laughs) You can mention the pastor as a good example of a bad example. So, mention your part. If you want to be a good assistant, you always say. Now, if you are in South Africa, you have to say, as Reverend Jake said. Reverend Jake said this. Or the bishop said this. You mention anything. It shows also that you are not just sent by heaven. You are sent by somebody. And where you are is temporary. Just as where I am is temporary. How many are permanent? When God is, has not put any of us here permanent. Somebody is permanent. Who is permanent over there? Angel police, take him up quickly. Angel police, take him up. Choboy! You say you are permanent. He's changed his mind. Okay, okay. It's temporary. Ah, it's a permanent church member. Oh, okay, okay. okay. All right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Number two. Quote your head, pastor, often. Amen. Mention. Or if it's the bishop, you mention. As bishop said. Bishop said it. Have you not noticed I mentioned Bishop Duncan Williams? I mentioned his name. I mentioned Kenneth Hagin. I mentioned Rick Joyner. You cannot listen to me preaching without hearing mention of certain names of real people that you can touch and feel in a positive way and quoting what they said. Some of these things that we laugh about. We say, what have you been through? What have you said? It's not Bishop Duncan Williams who, to, who said these things, different things that he says to me. One day I was talking to him on the phone. And uh, he was talking about some of his pastors. And he said, I'm tired of being like Noah. <laughs> I said, what? He said, I'm tired of being like Noah. 
I said, no, what doing was said, sending out a bird which never comes back. <laughs> Are you listening? So a good assistant, you will hear him when a person is a bad assistant, he doesn't mention names. Oh no, no, no. He, it is he who is great. It is he who knows he is the original source of everything. He doesn't want you to know that what he is teaching you got it from somewhere. That he has just put in a microwave and he's bringing it to you. A certain lady wanted to make a party. <laughs> and she went and got some chicken. Chicken delights. And she was making it. And then the people came. And they were eating. One person said, ah, is it not KFC that we are eating? She has tried to modify, but they caught her. So the thing is Kentucky Fried Chicken. That you have changed into this thing. <laughs> Instead of telling us that I am going to buy some KFC so that we eat, you have made a oh, I have prepared some chicken delights, chicken licking delights. Your mouth like chicken licking delight, KFC that you have bought. So, as you are preaching these nice messages and nice things that you are saying, it comes from somewhere. I say, origination of the thing. There is no shame. There is no shame at all. And mentioning where you got it from. <laughs> Just say it. There is no shame. That's what they told Rambo when they were going to put in the, on the electrical wires. And they were telling, Just before they turned, there is no shame at all. You may scream. <laughs> there is no shame. And when they bent him, bent him, they crush him. They say, you are strong. Very strong. The strongest so far. Yeah. That's me on off. <laughs> Number three. Genuinely admire your pastor and praise him often. And I mean every single one of these words I'm saying. You must admire your pastor genuinely. Not, I mean, superficially. When I admire Kenneth Hagen, or I admire some of the people that I mentioned, it's not pretentious. It's, it's real. And you can see when you listen to somebody talk, you see that the person genuinely likes if I talk about Bishop Duncan Winners, you realize that I genuinely like the person. I'm fond of him. His troubles concern me. I, I, I try to do anything I can do to help his life. One time he was had some problems. I told the take picture of me and put it on your newspaper. Yeah, I, I would like to join him in the troubles. Do you get it? It must be genuine. No, sir. Uh, they say we should uh, generally they say we should admire our pastor so now if we don't smile there's trouble <laughs> now you say we should smile by force 
Your mouth like a frog. Number four, introduce your pastor in an exciting way and make positive or complimentary remarks about everything that he has preached. Huh? Did you get it? Introduce your pastor in an exciting way and make positive remarks about whatever he's saying. One day, I was going to preach somewhere Ah, uh-huh, yeah, okay. So you make positive remarks. One day a certain pastor finished preaching. And the pastor who had welcomed, you see, this pastor had been transferred to this other pastor's church. And this pastor who was there before was not happy that the new pastor had come. It's like how Pastor Jake has come and then Pastor Clufio is here. And if Pastor Clufio is not happy that Pastor Jacob has come. So that was what, how it was. That's not the situation here, but that was the situation there. So when the finish, the pastor finished preaching, the new one, then the, the old pastor got up and said, that was kabungam. <laughs> what is kabungam? Then he asked the people, why are you not blessed? Why are you not blessed? Come on. Kabungam. Is the guy mad or what? You see, it was like, can't you see? It's like, it's, it's nothing. He didn't even know what to say. Kabungam! <laughs> he couldn't find English words anymore. <laughs> Kabungam! Clap! 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 Would you clap? It's like, we all know the preaching is not nice, but let's pretend and let's clap. Hey! Number five. Announce the visit or arrival of your pastor with excitement. When your pastor is coming, or the bishop is coming, or whoever is coming, you announce it with excitement. One day I was going to preach at the camp and they said, Our bishop is coming for a camp meeting. You know our bishop. What he's going to preach. Kill yourself for Jesus. Kill yourself for Jesus. So he told the people, don't say that because my bishop is coming to bring kill yourself for Jesus, you won't come to the camp. Oh! Kill yourself for Jesus. Kill yourself for Jesus. <laughs> is, that, is that what I've been preaching? Kill yourself for Jesus. You see, that's how somebody has summarized all my preaching. My whole ministry has been summarizing Kill yourself for Jesus Hey Kill yourself for Jesus When you say that Ah you know our man Coming Every when he comes full time full time Pharaoh 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 One pastor, one pastor said Oh his bishop is preaching against legitimate work honest work. People are working honestly and I'm preaching against their honest, legitimate work that they are doing. That's why that person who said that is not in our church again today. Because the evil spirit that was in him was making him speak negative. You cannot summarize all my preaching in that. 
I am the same person who wrote a book on lay people and the ministry. And I've also written a book on full-time ministry. Why should I not write the one about full-time when I wrote the one about lay ministry? There is no shame if you cannot be full-time. There is no shame if you cannot be full-time. You may scream. But we will still be full-time. And some of us will die for Jesus. And some of us will kill ourselves for Jesus. How many are ready to kill yourself for Jesus? Hey! Why? <laughs> Number six. Do not become a receiver of complaints. You see, there are some things that should not be able to be said to you. One day I went to preach somewhere. And uh, the pastor was introducing me. He had been transferred from somewhere to somewhere. And he was now at a new place. And then he, he said something. But you see, it, it should not have disturbed me, but it disturbed me. But the reason why it disturbed me was... He said that when he was transferred, he was asked to come. He said a lot of people came to him and told him, this one dear, don't go. This one is pull him down. As as I was sitting there, he was introducing me. He was saying how what a blessing it has been for him to come. And that he's so glad that he moved. And he came. When I asked him to come, that I have influenced all his life since he got from the time he got saved. But see, that, that word, pull him down. Pull who down? From where to where am I pulling the person down? And why would I pull somebody that I have uh, 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 pushed up all these years? You see, but what is wrong with that is that that somebody can be able to say it to you, to your ears. Yeah. No, he did not receive it, but that the person can say it. You see, there is the ability to say it is different from to even believe it. Or if you believe it, he wouldn't have said it. But what you must realize is that there was something extra. That the fact that somebody can even say something like that to you. To even make such a remark. That is, is pull him down. Pull him down? Why? You see, so you must not be a receiver. You, you should not be a... People... That you cannot come and say something to me about Bishop Saki. Why? Why do, what are you coming to say? It doesn't even happen. I mean, it doesn't happen. And I realize that as it gets closer and so on, as you get closer and you work at a certain point, people can't say certain things to you. So you also equally get cut off from certain things. But if you are somebody whose house is a meeting place, is whose house is a place of discussion, Whose car in which there are discussions and mention of pastors in a negative or neutral light. Neutral. Not even negative. Neutral. Neither good nor evil. You are in a dangerous situation, my dear friend. The fact that they can say it. You, you cannot say this. You see, one time, I was traveling and uh, there was a, a, a pastor... Who are another man of God in, in Ghana. He was also coming. We passed through the VIP lounge when we are going. So, his, this other church pastor came and went through and went on one flight. And then I also came. And then I also went on one flight. Then, 
the protocol guy who was dealing with the other church man of God told my pastor, Prince, he told him that Doug has come there. So, when he, when he said, oh, Doug is uh, going something, he said, are you? Your pastor, did, did I, do I call him, do I mention his first name and say, such and such, Sami is going here, or John is uh, doing well. Then, my pastor, you just say, Doug is whatever. He, he, and from that day, there were two guys. One up to today has never spoken to him again. And the other guy came back later and said, I want to thank you for how you corrected me. And in fact, I met that guy yeah, uh, just while I was traveling. And he told me, this is the guy that I told him that you cannot speak like that. In a kind of just casual way about my father. I said, your father came to pass just now. We didn't say any casual statement about him. Mention his first name as if he's our common friend. He said, Sami is going. Look at Sam. Sami is always carrying heavy bags or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, my father is coming. You call his name. Look at that. His dog is passing. He said, let this be your very last time. <laughs> and from that day, you will not be your friend again. And that is how loyalty is. A lot of people cannot be your friends. If you are loyal, if you are really loyal, people, certain people cannot be your, because they cannot talk. That discussion cannot come on. That is all. It cannot come on in your prayer. Not that even you agree, but that that discussion is coming on where you are located somewhere. You tell the person, my friend, this is your last time. One day, I was somewhere with a certain pastor. <laughs> and this certain pastor was talking to me and he was talking about my friend. And I, I was telling him how my friend is close to me and he's working with me. And he gave me a proverb. He said, oh, don't mind that guy. I said, oh, why? Then he gave a proverb. He said, Kokodene does not jump on the lawn in the afternoon without a good reason. Do you understand it? No. Kokodene is a frog. So a frog does not jump on the green grass in the afternoon unless there is a good reason. Because normally you will not see the kokodene jumping on the lawn. It is hiding in the night. Then it will pass through some gutter or on the side somewhere. Then you go, but bright daylight on the green grass lawn. You see a kokodene going like this. It has seen something. Either something is chasing it or it has seen something that it is following. So what he was trying to tell me is that that man is not your friend for nothing. He's getting some benefits by being your friend. So he is the kokodene who is jumping on the green on the lawn. So I said, I'm going to tell my friend. And I told my friend. They say you are kokodene jumping on the grass. So my friend was very, very upset with that. He was a kokodene. He didn't like it at all. So he went and challenged the guy. And the guy who said it came and challenged me that why should I say something like that? And I told him, if you like, say another one. And I will go and tell him that one too. If you like, open your mouth and say another one. I'll say it. 
there is no shame. You may scream, but I will say it. You cannot make yourself a receiver of complaints. They cannot make certain discussions in your presence. Period. One time somebody came to work with me. I told him that there are only two ways your job here will go. One is that gradually certain people will become further away from you. And you become closer to me. Or you become closer to them. And I said the way you know is that when you go to certain places they will keep quiet. And they will not talk when you are there. When you go they will speak. But when you come it's like I have come. So they can't say certain things. Yeah. So you, you have to choose. Which group do you want to belong to? The upper group or that group which talks? If you are a loyal assistant, certain words cannot be said about Pastor Jacob, Pastor Clufio, any of the pastors who is here. You can, it cannot be said in your prayer. You call yourself an assistant pastor and you allow loose light church members, loquacious church members to speak about things they don't understand. And make comments which are even neutral, not negative, neutral. I will not even go to the negative. Neutral statements. Like you know our man. Why do you call us our man today? You must rather say, my darling pastor. Yeah, you must love your pastor so my people will think you are in love with him. One day a certain husband, he began to jump in. You are in love with the pastor. You are in love with the pastor. (laughs) Hey! Hey! (laughs) Number seven. You must find genuine excuses for any lapses in your head, pastor. Now, all of us, Bible says, we all make many mistakes. So as I'm preaching now, I'm making some mistakes. I make mistakes. I have mistakes in my life. I sin. I'm a human being. Amen. And so is every pastor. Do you understand? So an assistant is there to cover the mistakes or any lapses, if you like. So if your pastor has not, maybe he preached too long. And somebody is saying, oh, nowadays, it's too long. You have to cover and say, look, you have to tell the person, there are times for long preaching, and there are times for short preaching. And this particular season has been a time for long preaching. Will you shut your mouth and let this be the very, very last time. It should be the last time that you should say something like this. And if you say something like that again, you see, and gradually such people are pushed to the background. Hey! Chopin! <laughs> Maybe your pastor is always late. And you say, <laughs> he says six, but you know our man. <laughs> He will be here at 8. <laughs> but anyway, in the meantime, we can worship the Lord. <laughs> so why don't you lift up your hands and let's worship the Lord. Is it a nice thing to say? Rather, you have to say, you know that he's late. Rather, you have to say, uh, look, you see, he's waiting on the Lord. Our, our pastor, as he waits on the Lord and he prepares to come and give us the word of the Lord today. I want us to be in worship and just... 
enter the presence of God. create the atmosphere so that when he comes there will be a total flow whatever God has told him maybe you know he's asleep but you come and you say whatever God has told him (laughs) one day I went to a certain conference (laughs) in Orlando in Orlando Florida you know who was speaking at the conference? Benihin. Hey! I went in the night. He came that was sitting on stage. And I was supposed to see him. But they told me tomorrow morning, you can see. He came with a motorcade, police cars, everything. In America. So after, I was at the backstage, because I was sitting on stage, and I was at the backstage waiting back. I couldn't see him, so he went. They said tomorrow morning. So the next day, he came, and I was leaving that night. Service nine o'clock in the morning. So we were there. I think I was with Pastor Joel. Was I with Pastor Joel? Yeah. So we came nine o'clock. But then I didn't come. Ten. Yeah, I didn't come. Eleven. Then we were worshiping. I am the Lord that He led thee. I am the Lord your He. We were singing and singing and singing and singing. Hey, 11.30. Benihin hasn't come. Then his brother came. And he made an announcement. He said, uh-huh. I went to call uh, him and uh, he just turned around in his bed. He said he was sleeping. <laughs> oh! He said he's tired. He cannot come. I couldn't believe my ears. 10,000, 12,000 people were sitting there. So I went to call him. You know how it is. He said, you know how it is. He said, well, come, he's dead. He just rolled over in the bed. He's sleeping. Yeah, he said it. He said it. Not that somebody said it. He said it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. No, you see, it's a way of talking. Then he said, oh, but you know, let's just, I mean, God is still here. This is, come on, lift your hand. Let's also say, I mean, even though, whatever. So tonight, tonight, come tonight. Oh, and the night, the night, the place was packed again. Hey! Hmm. Because if God is anointing on somebody, even when somebody make a funny, whatever, and the person look a little water, sometimes when you are assistant, you'll be put in an odd situation because you are assisting a human being. And the human being can make things odd. But it's your duty to... Maybe you say something else, you know. Sometimes we come for a service and we are looking to men. But let's look to God. Even if the man is not around, God is still here. Lift your hand. Okay. In Jesus' name. I'm sure tonight, when you come, God will touch you. Bye-bye. Then everybody goes. (laughs) So if you are a good assistant, learn to cover. Americans will say, cover their ass. Excuse me to say. <laughs> there is no shame. <laughs> I they say he's always late. 
He's sleeping. Oh, and no fire. <laughs> Number eight. When your senior pastor is unable to attend, eh? you must inform the parties concerned that he intended to be there himself, but he could not make it because of very important what reasons. Even if he sleeps, it's an important reason. Amen. Number nine. Let's say I, I couldn't come for the camp. Or I, I, I come late. Why? Are you going to kill me because I came late? You know our man. Number nine. Always remind the congregation that you are not the main pastor. Isn't it? Tell them. Jesus was like that. In John chapter 3 verse 28, he said, I am, or John the Baptist, he said, I am not the Christ. I am sent. You must say, the church is not for me. I've been sent. It makes you more powerful. People listen to you more when they realize there's somebody over you. Like you, are, you, you also just take instructions. Number 10. A good assistant tells his admiring congregation where he learned all that he knows. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, the son can do nothing of himself but what he seared the father do. Verse number 11. When you minister to church members, let them know that what you are doing is actually being done on behalf of the head and not on your own behalf. Amen. When you go and do something nice, you tell them, Bishop wanted so much to come and see you himself. And he was thinking about you. So he said, I should give you this to encourage you about the wedding or the funeral or this or that. You don't go and say, well, our man, as usual, he doesn't come for our social functions. So I have come anyway and take this and be encouraged. It is well with you. What do you mean by that? As the church is growing, do you think you can go for everything? Huh? Oh. On Saturdays, we have multiple weddings, funerals, everything combined. When you follow all those things, you cannot. So, you must learn to be good assistants. Amen. Welcome, Grace, to sing a song for us. How many know that people will never see Jesus, but they will see you? People will never hear Jesus' voice, but they will hear your voice. Sing it. If not in you, I wonder where will they ever find one who really cares? And if not from you, how will they find this one who hears the Me. 
if not if not you who are they going to show the love and love alone can make things new Jesus, some will ever see, isn't it? Are there not beautiful songs in the world? Amen. Now, 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 where are we? Number what? Twelve. Be genuinely happy at the promotion of your pastor. Amen. Don't be secretly thinking that, huh? Monkey the work, baboon the chop. We are the ones doing the real work and he gets all the glory. Huh? No, you don't have to think that way. You must be happy. If your pastor is being promoted, be excited about it. Be glad about it. If you are an assistant, if you are a worship leader, if you are in the church, you must be happy about the great things that God is using your pastor to do. When your pastor comes to church Then he calls some people Come forward Two of you come And then two of you come and Stand here Ushers behind Ushers come this way Now Lift your hand Take it Go down Take it Now Power of God is flowing and then you the assistant you'll be sitting there thinking he's pushing people around an assistant pastor there's no power you are saying there's no power here you are just pushing people around it's not a nice way of thinking is it a nice thing when your assistant pastors are thinking that way S- 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 get up 
take your four chairs. There are my four pastors. Sit on stage here. One day, just a temporary translocation. When I started to have miracle services, uh-huh. sit down and sleep. Adjust yourself and sleep. I was having a miracle service. And these were my pastors on the stage. They had all fallen asleep. And I was saying, receive it. God is healing you. God is healing you. Somebody over there. And the pastors were asleep. So, when I will be ministering, when I look back and I see them asleep, sleep. When I see them sleeping, then I become so discouraged. They are not impressed with me. Do you understand? The people are impressed, but it's like the people don't know much. We, We know much. We know you. And we know the verses you are operating by. We are not impressed, though we are falling asleep. Oh, is it nice to have your main pastor? So because of that, I moved all the chairs from the stage and I put plants. The plants, they don't sleep. They don't fall asleep. They don't give any bad face. I will look clearer from the Come on, on the stage. There is no shame. Come back to earth. An assistant who is not genuinely happy. Amen. With the promotion. Somebody has fallen down. Somebody has healed. Somebody is healed. And you'll be thinking to yourself, these are not healings. (laughs) These are minor, minor, minor psychosomatic healings. These are psychological healings. As you are sitting there, you are saying that it's a psychological heal. Your mouth like psychological heal. If I was to have been following people like you with psychological thinking in my I would not be here today. I've passed through all those things. I've seen all those thoughts in people's heads. Now don't let it move me. That's why I wrote that book, Signs and Wonders. Why God heals and whether God heals, why God does not heal everybody. I explained and explained and explained and explained. Hey! Until I saw the dead race, cripples walking, blind eyes seeing. You should see me at some of the crusades. Chale, you see the anointing is flowing. Mucho anointing. My pastors will be sleeping. They are not impressed. So I go far. And you'll be laying hands on people, they will not be falling down. <laughs> See, they are not going. <laughs> One day, they are strong, very strong. <laughs> One day, I went to Argentina. Hey, it was like there was lightning coming out of my fingers. As I say, the further you go from your house address, measure the distance. You see the power that is in you. People were just. Somebody came up. I was sitting down. Finished preaching. I was sitting down. Came with his wife. Please, we want you to pray for. I just said. They just. 
Like that, oh. Look at that person. And they went under the table. Two of them. And only their legs, the two the legs were outside. So the pastor came into the room and we saw, what, what, who are these? What's this? Their heads were deep inside and their legs were outside. Power like lightning. Meanwhile, my pastors would be Have you seen them so You are sleeping when I'm ministering the power of God How do you think the power of God can flow? You, you are not impressed with all these things. Number what? 13. Ensure that everything is well with your head. You see, has he got a seat? Is he comfortable? Give up your chair if necessary. Ensure that he's acknowledged. Not that if you are older than him. When you are older than your pastor, huh? in the church, it's not by age. Can you imagine if we started to say the most senior most now in the church is by height? <laughs> we are using height to determine. Pastor Ishmael, stand up and let us see. Uh, look at if we are using so many people who will not be. It's so short. You cannot use the wrong parameters to say that that's how we operate in the church. Height, we use it for long jump or 100 meters or something, but not in the church. Yeah. Basketball. In the church, we don't use height, we don't use age. Sit down. You can sit down. Ensure. My my father in law, he's eighty eight years old. When I go to him, the kind of respect that he shows to me. One day, he was, I think, 80 or 85. He had a party in his house. and invited all the Methodist bishops. They were all there in his house. Because they are Methodists for years. So when I went, I just went to sit at the back there. Somewhere at the back of the house. In the garden. And he said, where is that? And when he's talking, he said, sometimes he's talking, he said, I cannot speak to you. And he said, because you are my, my bishop. He brought me to come and sit by him. Here are the Methodist bishops, and here I am. I said, oh, me, I'm casual. All the Methodist bishops were wearing their collar, everything. I was just in my shirt, coolly, moving at the back there with moving at the back with the children and the grandchildren. I don't see myself as a bishop in the house. I see myself as children and grandchildren and in-laws. He brought me up there. No, bishop must be here. The kind of respect, and he's 80-something years old. He could have given birth to me three times in his life. But he has the respect that it's not by age when it comes to a spiritual thing. And he always says, through your prayers, through your prayers, we are here. <laughs> through your prayers. Tell somebody, through your prayers. <laughs> through your prayers. <laughs> through your prayers that we are still alive. The doctor has not diagnosed anything. 88, he's walking like this free. He can move, do everything, come up, down, travel. He has money. He gives us money. 
when we come. We don't, I've never given my father any money before. I don't have such respect. God is a rich man at the age of 90. He's richer than us. <laughs> Through your prayers. There's no shame. If at the age of 88 you need money from your children. But he does not need it. Just Saturday, Saturday I was in his house. He took money. Always he'll be dishing, giving here for you. Here, here, here. He likes to do that. You, when you are even 60, will you have money in your pocket? Or even 40 or 50? Even now, now, you are fresh like that. There's nothing. Shelly, you don't have money. <laughs> so don't think about your, your, your pastor as in terms of age or height or passport or color. No. Number 14. Be genuinely excited at the arrival and the involvement of your head pastor in any function. Amen. Don't see his business as an intrusion or a bother. Huh? Don't see his involvement as something that is disturbing. Why? Every day, come, go, come. Are we, why, why? All these are signs of bad assistance. One day I went somewhere and I saw one of our, our pastors. I called him. I said, come to, for a meeting. I need to see you. And when I got there, he wasn't there. At six o'clock, I told him, I'm going somewhere. I'll be there at six. Come. Travel from where you are. Come. I'm meeting you. Six o'clock, he was not there. Seven o'clock, he was not there. Eight o'clock, he was not there. Nine o'clock, he was not there. Ten o'clock, he was not there. And I was leaving the next day. 11 o'clock, he was not there. So I went, it was raining. I went into a telephone booth and I picked the phone and I called his house. When I called his wife, his wife, his, when I called his house, his wife answered. I said, Why is Pastor so and so? I, I told him to come and meet him with him. Yeah, I need to see him. I've come all the way from Ghana. I need to see him. Tell him to come. Why, why, why is he? He said, Oh, he wasn't feeling well. I mean, because I had been told when I got, I said he's not feeling well, so he's not coming. So when I got there, he said, Oh, he went out. Not that he was the one who is not well, has gone out. And it's now coming at 11 o'clock. So he's just coming through the door. So I said, let me speak to him. So I spoke to him. I said, ah, I have come all the way from Ghana. I said, come and meet me. I want to meet to this guy. Because the church you are pastoring, is not for you. It's for all of us. And you are under authority. I said, come for a meeting. I need to see you. I said, ah, one of our church members, uh, something happened. So I went to visit them. That's why I didn't come. I said, look, it's not only going to visit members and doing all, but doing all those things that is important, but also reporting to the higher authority which sent you is also important. Say, ah, when you tell us to do one thing and we are doing it, that is, I've taught you to visit uh, people when they are sick or when they have problems. When you tell us to do one thing, I'm not, I'm not making up the story. I'm telling you what he said. He said, when you tell us to do one thing, we are doing it. Then you come and say, we should do another thing. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? You see, you must not see the arrival of your head pastor as an intrusion or a disturbance or a harassment or some kind of disturbance to whatever disruption to your programs. What do you mean? 
And your pastor calls and says, oh, you told us to do visitation. You said we should pray visitation. When somebody is sick, somebody is dead, we should go. We are doing. When we are doing that one too, you are always calling us, come and do this. And that. What do you want us to do? Come for your church. No wonder this person is not a member of our church again today. Separated himself and collected some of our members. You can see, that's why I said, a good assistant. And you watch them. All these things. As I've come here, I'm not, disturbing, I'm not disturbing Pastor Jake. I'm not disturbing Kezia. I'm not disturbing Klufio. I'm not disturbing any of you guys who are here. How can I be a disturbance to you? Why am I disturbing you? Child, you say you should come. You don't close early. You say you should come at six. We come at six. You are not here. This, what, what is wrong with you? There is something evil in you. I tell you, Satan is. There is a fire. That, those words, you see, there is the fire that is coming out of Lucifer, and that fire is what destroys you. Are you listening to me? Yes. It cannot be a disturbance. If I, I sell, tell Grace to sing and she starts singing, I wave my hands and stop and I start preaching. She, she cannot tell me. You say I should start singing when I start, then you stop, stop, start, stop. Why? You are, you are disgracing me. What is that? And what? Hey! Hey! It means your replacement is coming just now. Your replacement is just warming up on the touchline like this. Ready to come. You see her just now. He says, sing. He says, stop. He says, what should I sing? Huh? Talk word. A loyal assistant. Be genuinely excited at the arrival and also at the involvement of your head pastor in any function that you are performing. Number 15. Honor your pastor's wife as well. Minister to her and give her gifts. If you have a pastor's wife, you cannot say, As for me, I don't talk to a pastor's wife, you know. Pastor's wife, I'm very, she's very funny. She's very funny, you know. This woman, this woman, I, I just want to deal with directly with the pastor. Uh, uh, If you love the pastor, you must love the pastor's wife. You must love anybody that the pastor is working with. When you don't like the people, you are making a mistake. Are you listening to me? Ask your neighbor, do you like your pastor's wife? Or there is a fire in your Lucifer belly? Is there a fire in your Lucifer belly? Loose in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 10 verse 40. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. Amen. Number 16. Regard. Amen. Your association with your head pastor as a learning experience. Anytime you are with your head pastor, learn something. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
If you are at the camp, regard it as a learning experience. You are learning something. You are even learning how to preach. Yes. You are learning other things that you don't know about. Do you get it? Yes. So, regard it as a learning. Anytime you have an time to do it, learn something. Don't see. You see, you, it, your viewpoint depends on your point of view. You can either look at something and say it's half full or half empty. Half full and half empty are both true. But it depends. You are a negative-minded person when you say it's half empty. And you are a positive-minded person when you say it is half full. So regard your association and interaction as a learning experience. One day, I was with a certain pastor in a certain country. And we were driving on a certain road. Hey! And I was discussing with this pastor. He was talking about his blessings that the Lord has given to him. But I remember that little journey. It took us about maybe an hour. But as I drove with him, I talked with him. I, I said certain things to him. But I didn't know that he took them so seriously. Those little few minutes made him do certain things. Make certain investments. Make certain payments. Do certain things. That up till today, he's very glad. And even people asked him where he got the ideas from. Yeah. You see, you should regard your few minutes of association as a learning experience of some sort. One day, two pastors came to the cathedral. And they saw me preaching. One of them, on the same Sunday, later said, was talking, said, ah, this is the same thing that you preach." last week. It's like it's repeating. Then another pastor who was there made a comment about the same message that, oh, the message was very exciting, we're really blessed and it seems you are very relaxed when you are preaching here and so on. He was now learning so many things and so on. And then one of them, one of them said, I realized that you have suits because he has never seen me wearing a suit before. Suit and tie. But he had not seen me wearing one before. And every time he sees me, I wear the same thing. So, <laughs> so you see, everybody is seeing something different. Somebody is seeing that. I never knew that you had a suit. Blue, gray, gray. I've not seen some before. Somebody said it's an exciting message. Another person said it's repeat last week message. So you see, as you are there, you, 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 the same thing. Somebody is sitting there learning something. Another person is sitting there and criticizing something or seeing something wrong or something neutral. One day, I was on a certain plane (laughs) with uh, Bishop Duncan Williams. That's the first and only time I've ever flown with him. We have on the same flight coming, I think, to Ghana. So he was sitting on the left and I was sitting on the right. So in the middle of the flight, I went to where he was sitting. I went to sit by him. To chat with him a bit. Yeah. So as I sat sat there for some time, I was chatting with him. I got to like him even more. When I sat, I didn't go to dislike him more. I got to like him more. It was his birthday. And I I, I blessed him. And then the people were passing by and he... He said he, want, he bought me a watch. Watch. 
for traveling. Nice watch, expensive watch. To wear. I treasured that watch because he bought it for me. He bought it, so I like the watch. But I don't normally wear watches. I have a phone, but I don't need a watch. There is no shame. Are you there? Yeah. My few minutes, I felt I learned something. And I, li- I like him more. I could have just said, hey, hmm. Our man. Our man in action. Your mouth like a frog. Ask your neighbor, is your mouth like a frog? Or is... Once you know it's not you, then you just be cool. Amen. Okay, okay, okay. Good, good. Number 17. Acquire your pastor's tapes and CDs. Even, even as I'm here, I know those who listen to tapes. As I'm preaching here, I can point out people who listen to tapes and CDs. Yeah. I can point out people who listen to tapes and those who do not. I can see all of them. Closeness is not by texting, it's not by phoning, it's not by calling, it's not by seeing, it's not by eating, it's by the words. It is by being close with what the person is saying and doing. That's that's what makes you close. You see that your heart is with the person zim like that. Well, as soon as you meet, you start to you you, you instantly connect. Yes. I'm close to Pastor Richard. I rarely text him. I rarely call him. As soon as I call him, as if I've been talking to him since yesterday. Because closer is not by. Texting is great. This, that. When I'm deleting the text on my phone, I delete 1,500, 800, 900, 1,500, 600. That's how I delete my text. I delete 1,600 text. The phone will be shaking. <laughs> Every few days, I'll delete them. Thousand, thousand like that. <laughs> Some of you are so blessed when somebody sends you a text. Because nobody remembers you. Forgive. <laughs> there is no shame. You may scream. Okay, okay, okay. How many are going to acquire your pastor's tapes? Now, not only my tape. If your pastor preaches in your church, Pastor Jacob preaches, Pastor Andy preaches, and the CD is available, buy it. And listen, if you, the assistant pastor, don't buy, who is going to buy it in the church? They should also listen to it. And they should buy it and listen to what has been preached, what the pastor preached. They should buy it. And you, the assistant pastor, you should get up on stage and say something positive about the message, even if you knew it already. Maybe he shared it with you before he came and preached. Maybe he was practicing it on you. (laughs) Hey! Are you there? Okay, okay, okay. Number 18. In your preaching, do not hesitate to refer to your pastor as an example of a successful person. Amen. Amen. Refer to your pastor 
as a successful as an example of a successful person. Don't, don't use your pastor as a bad example. It's an example of somebody that is doing something that is not good. What do you think? Is it good or it's not good? Number 19. Flow with the decisions and the policies made by the head pastor. Even if you have a different opinion, flow with the decisions, the policies, the opinions made by your head pastor, even if you have a different opinion. Because in, on every issue, there are different opinions. You know, something surprised me. <laughs> One day, there was a certain pastor in my church and there's no more in the church anyway such people you can see they are on their way out I was start, I started building the uh, Kodesh but as we were building the Kodesh I wanted to build more branches because my heart is more in the branches than in the headquarters and he disagreed he felt I shouldn't waste time on the branches I should rather build the main church do you see but that is his opinion and he has not started it. He has not founded any church before. He has not done any of these things before. And he has that opinion. And I respect that opinion. But I am the leader of the church. And if I want to build churches, foundations, right now, for instance, we are building 100 churches in the north at the same time. Where Islam is moving, we are building the structures because the structures are necessary over there. It's a desert area. So we have built some small church, 5 by 10, 12 by this, this by that. We are building them there, hundreds of them. Somebody may say, what are you wasting your time? Why are you doing this? Well, it's also my opinion. And I'm entitled to one opinion under the United Nations Charter of Freedom. What do you think? Is it not my human rights to, to if I want to build a church in the north of Ghana? Why not? Even if you have a different opinion. So we should rather build a, a, a big church in Johannesburg. Yeah, one day we will build a big church there. But right now, this is what we are doing. What do you think? Is it a good idea? If we decide that we want to buy our church building or build a church in Port Elizabeth, and say, so oh, we should rather get a bigger church at Sunnyside. We should rather get a, a bigger because we are not able to fit there and we want a da 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 And say, look, we can either do Sunnyside or Pretoria or whatever or we can do Port Elizabeth and we say we want to do PE but that's not your opinion but you, if you are a good assistant you must flow with the opinion even if it is against your opinion so that when you are the leader and you have an opinion and we have to choose one when we choose the leaders of, we will flow with your idea what do you think? How many are going to be good assistants from today? How many realize you have not been such good assistants? Amen. Okay. There is no shame. <laughs> okay. No. 
Number 20. A good assistant does not establish a private side fellowship in the church. Small fellowship, you've established your new ministry in the church. One day, a certain pastor formed a club in the church. He said the club is called David's Club. I said, what is David's Club? We don't have any David's Club. You have formed David's Club in the church. What is David's Club? Or maybe you are a shepherd in the church and you form a special group. Maybe you are Mozambican and you are living in South Africa. You have formed a Mozambican group. You are a Mozambican shepherd. You have formed a special Mozambican fellowship somewhere. Even your pastor doesn't know that Sunday evenings you always have Mozambican fellowship. Hey! Choboy! To win a war... You must become war. We declare war on all such fellowships. You cannot be a pastor. Look, one day one of our pastors, he started a church. All the members of the church were from, is it Romania or Hungary or somewhere? Poland. Hey! After a short time, we had about 80 200 Polish members in the church. He used to send text messages. Bishop! Church growth made easy. Hey! He was so happy doing the work of God in England. Because the church has suddenly grown. All these Polish white people. Then one day, the music leader he started to have music meetings on the side private worship meetings what meeting are you having what meeting are you having we are doing something then they will speak their language what did you say oh nothing it's okay oh nothing it's okay that's why if you are a missionary you must learn the language so that they will not say what are they saying oh nothing it's okay no they say we shall catch him tonight <laughs> we shall catch him tonight <laughs> can you believe this worship leader he organized this private meeting. When the guy challenged him at a point, he said, what you are doing? So he said, everybody to his tent. He collected the entire church. The pastor was there with two people. He was so hard, but he took all the Polish people and started the church there. Then after some time, the hall that he was using, the man came, the Orangu worship leader, came to displace him from the actual hall. He said that his members are more. So the person who rented also, your people are just two. This man, his people are about 80. 
So, clear off so that this man will come there. Yeah. So that's why private fellowships. So we are just having a prayer meeting. It's just a prayer meeting at our work. It's just a prayer meeting, a prophetic. You see, the prophetic, uh, so one of my brothers, my brother's-in-law is a prophet and he has come from, uh, this is Madagascar. And so he has come and it's my, he's coming to do some prophetic all night in my house. To win a war. We don't accept all those things. So if any of you is holding any such private meeting that we are having a Zulu meeting. It's Zulu language service. Tosa meeting. Is it Tosa people who like that thing? In South Africa, which group likes those type of our, our brothers and our sisters? They marry themselves, they help themselves, they like themselves. It is which group? Tosa. Lifestyle change. In every country, we have a tribe that is like that. In Ghana, the Airways. Oh! When they see their brothers and their sisters, they can easily form a fellowship and you'll be outside. They don't like it when I say it, but I will say it. And they can help themselves. Oh. One day, one of my pastors a certain man <laughs> came to look for him and the boy in his house was an airway who was his house help or was working in his house and the guy was a good worker so when the guys came, said, you want to the pastor's house? I want to know where his house is. I want to know where his house is. He said, you cannot come to the pastor's house. I'm sorry. If you want to see the pastor, you have to come to the church. So go to the church and he showed him the way to the church. So my pastor was very happy with this guy. So he really understands how to protect the house and all that. So one day, <laughs> he was in the house. Then he saw a strange person moving around somewhere so he called the boy he said who is that brother who is that guy he said oh I saw him in the church but I didn't know him he said he didn't have anywhere to stay so I brought him to the house he is his brother his tribal brother the one that he saw who was looking for the, who was even the pastor's person, I will not show you the way to the house. But this one who he himself didn't know, but only that it is his brother from the tribe. He said, oh, even though I don't know you, you, you come to the pastor's house, I will accommodate you. He was in the house for about two weeks. He didn't even know. Looking after him. Feeding him and treating because he's from his tribe. My pastor said, this man, I fear him now. His loyalties are twisted, corrupted. Nigerian too, they have their own. Which tribe is it in Nigeria? 
he boasts. He boasts are like that. And South Africa tosses. So, lifestyle. <laughs> Shangans too are like that. Zimbabwe, which group are like that? The Bellas. Are you the Bella? Your mother in law is. So your wife is a Debele. Okay. When you can't move the mountains that's standing in your way, I came to tell you that God can. Oh, yes, God can.
have gone out of the door, do you want to go and wee-wee or what? Okay, go and wee-wee. I come five minutes. Or you want more than five minutes? How long do you take to wee-wee? One minute. Five. Five minutes. Okay. A good assistant does not wee-wee for a long time. 